what's going on everybody you are in the hacker valley studio with your host yes, sir ron and chris welcome back to the show glad to be back again we have an outstanding guest today mackende founder of dev color we've been wanting to get this guy on for months now finally made it happen he's here he's ready to talk to us about his background about his community and all that good stuff welcome to the show Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to glad to finally be on here and yeah, have a great chat with you guys. Outstanding, outstanding. I just wanted to say first and foremost, uh, we went to DevColor for the first time this year and it it was the probably my favorite conference experience of my entire life. I felt super comfortable. I felt like, you know, I was amongst my people and and there were so many intelligent folks in the room. Yes. All, you know, all of different backgrounds, but we all felt like a community, like immediately. Yeah, and such a kind of wide variety of expertise in all facets of engineering was really impressive. And also to get the career coaching too. That was yep. very nice. Very, very cool. Absolutely, no, thank you. It, I mean, it's, it's crazy. There's no other place where you can just A, be at home around people who look like you and right. have you know, a shared background with you and, and B, be around some people who are just so good and amazing. yeah yeah exactly front end back end ai like everything everything um, and it just you know hits you in the face when you're there you're just surrounded <laughs> by hundreds of people who are right at what they do it's amazing it, it almost felt like a family reunion like for me you know? right it was fantastic so yeah you know thank you so much for being on the show for our listeners if you could go a little bit into your background and how you got to where you are today that'd be great yeah, so like you said, my name is McIndy. I've been a software engineer for about 12 years now, which doesn't seem that, like that long, but in Silicon Valley time, uh, that's, that's plenty of time to get established. Uh, so let's see, I was born in Nigeria. I grew up in Kentucky. I left Nigeria when I was super young, like two. I mainly grew up in Kentucky, went to MIT for undergrad, studied computer science there, which is really awesome. And then my first job out of school was at Facebook. So, uh, yeah, I was a general engineer there. I guess everybody was a generalist engineer. Right. I worked on a lot of things like photos, notes, groups, events, stuff like that. Bounced around a lot. Worked on some performance stuff. I was there for about three and a half years. Then worked at Dropbox for about a year, which was really fun. That was pretty small when I got there, like 60 people, I think. Wow. So I spent my time at definitely at companies while they're pretty small. Facebook was about 300 people when I joined. Wow. Yeah, it's a fun time. I, I like that. <laughs> I think when you join a company that early, it's sort of a sweet spot for me because uh, there's the company's growing. There's so much that needs to be done. So you get to pick and choose your projects. But the company is also big enough that there's someone to do all the stuff that you don't want to do. <laughs> so for me, that was, you know, a lot of backend stuff, a lot of database performance stuff, like, great, we hired really smart people to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but on the front end, there's still tons of stuff. So I can, you know, come to work every week. And there were five projects that desperately needed me to jump in on them. So and then sort of my Goldilocks was after Dropbox, I went to um, Pinterest. So there's about 150 people when I got there. And similarly, Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, 150, I think is, that, I think that's definitely my sweet spot. Like, you know, I did everything from Android engineering to running a product team to running engineering onboarding. That was literally all over the place. 
but it was a ton of fun and you just get to you know choose what you want to learn and uh and dive in and the only other thing i'll add to sort of well so then the other part of my career uh that's sort of woven in between all those jobs that i just told you about uh has been sort of working on companies that are trying to make an impact in society so right. after facebook i worked at this company called bridge international academies in nairobi uh, they oh. build low-cost elementary schools uh, mm. at the time just in Kenya now all over East Africa and I think India and Nigeria so it's sort of this interesting marriage of technology which makes the whole operation super efficient and right. you know, sort of a real you know they're building school buildings and hiring teachers right um, so that was a really cool experience after Dropbox I actually coached a high school track team who's a head coach juggling all the events, running around like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> yeah. And you're, uh, uh, you're a chess coach as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I coach uh, chess there. So, Oh, um, wow. Yeah, we just had practice a couple days ago. So it, it's, it's super fun. Do you compete? Uh, ooh, in chess? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, no. I, would, I, could, I think I could compete against middle schoolers at this point. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where I might shine. But yeah, I mean, it's something where, you know, you definitely need to put in the time. And I think right. I, I put in the time to study and be able to teach. Uh, mm -hmm. But the reps that's required to actually um, be a high level, a decent player at, at this age. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and then after Pinterest, I started uh, Dev Color, which is a nonprofit organization that's helping to grow and develop Black software engineers. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of support through you know middle school, high school, college to get people into engineering and STEM fields. What I noticed as an engineer is once I got out to Silicon Valley, that support's gone, and they're like, "Good luck, go for it." Right. So I wanted to create a group where where we're not asking other people for help, where I actually believe that there are enough black software engineers out here and in a lot of major cities with enough experience that if we just came together with a clear purpose that we could actually help one another succeed and grow. Yes. Um, so that's sort of the magic of Dev Color is it's, it's just people coming together and helping one another and having a culture where they help one another just early and often. Uh, and it can, it transforms careers. So I ran that for about, four years and grew it to uh, several hundred engineers involved across four cities. So it was really awesome. That is That's outstanding. Huge. So did you, did you find yourself looking for that type of opportunity to create something like that or did it happen to find you? Probably a little bit of both. You know, you know I've, I've clearly been going back and forth in my career between sort of standard tech things and uh, things that, you know, are going to have, sort of a real societal impact in the short term. And I, I think as my time was winding down at Pinterest, I was looking for the next thing like that. So I was trying to be really observant or about what problems I could see around me um, from big to small. And oddly enough, it, it sounds super cheesy, but uh, my sister lived in South Africa at the time and I went to visit her. And you know, you, when you're in South Africa, you do a lot of tourism around Mandela and some of the, you know, great folks that have lived there. And Gandhi also lived there for some time. And it's weird. I, you know, I thought I knew a lot about these folks, but what struck me on that trip was that the people, is that Gandhi and Mandela, you know, they didn't like graduate high school and start a huge social movement. Right. right? They graduated high school, they went to college, mm -hmm. they had jobs, they were just living their lives. 
And then at some point they saw something that they thought wasn't right. And even then it wasn't, okay, zero to huge movement. It was zero to, let me attend this, this march. Right. right. To, okay, let me, I think, let me help organize this march. Okay, right. let, me, let me organize this other action. So the, the big takeaway I had was that these people who I hold up as heroes who you know, really change the world and start these social movements, they're just regular folks. Mm, yes. Like living their lives, doing what they do, and they saw something that wasn't right and did something small about it. And that's right. how it starts. Wow. Right? So I definitely sort of that shifted my mindset to say, okay, what is the thing that I'm going to make a difference on? What is the small thing that I'm going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. At what point were you like, now is time for us to start a conference? Ooh, I think it came about pretty quickly. I mean, Deaf Color started, you know, we like to talk about, you know, there were like 11 of us or something that went, you know, out to lunch to, you know, figure out how we could help one another. It started even smaller. It was, I was mentoring this kid at Stanford. And I was like, oh, I'm having a pretty big impact in his life and career. Can I find one of my friends to mentor one of his friends? Right. So it was like, it was that small at the start. It was like, okay, maybe we can get 11 people together. Okay, maybe we can get, you know, 40 people together. Um, And then the conference was, what if we just had one time in the year where it's going to be different than anything else you've ever seen, right? Where anyone in the country can come together and sort of get some of this magic that we'd had in smaller groups. So I think we, we pretty quickly knew that we wanted to do that because there, we couldn't see anything like that, but we wanted it to exist. So, I mean, that's the whole thing with Dev Color is like, hey, there's, we think there could be this magical experience if we just got together. Right. <laughs> uh, how can we make that worthwhile to do? Yeah. And, you know, trying it, seeing what works and what doesn't stick and just iterating. Yeah. How was the uh, the first conference? Was it a nice turnout? Was it like mentors and mentees or was it more of a diverse mix? Yeah, so the first, so I should say we had, uh, let's see, when was the first conference? September, 2016. It's crazy how these dates are like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so by September we'd had, we'd already started a squad. So one of the main ways Deaf Color works is everybody's assigned to a group of eight engineers you meet with that group every month to talk about what's going on in your life, both personally and professionally, and to learn from other folks. So you might show up at your squad meeting and be like, you know, I'm really struggling with my manager. Um, seems like they're really holding me back and I'm trying to get promoted. And everyone else will share their t- times struggling with managers and what they did and how it turned out. So you end up with this really vibrant discussion where people are sharing their experiences and everybody can learn different things from, from that process. Uh, so that's happening throughout the year. And then the first conference was September 2016, where I think we had about 100 people come together. And it was amazing. I mean, even at that stage, this is, this is the crazy thing that like, I was just always trying to get everyone to realize is that even when we were 100 people, the, the network and what we had access to was off the charts. Right. right. So we were trying to organize the first conference. We're like, oh, we need a keynote speaker. Who can we get? And someone was like, oh, I'd love to hear from Ben Horowitz. And other people like, you know, were like, you know, not super confident. They're like, oh, I don't know. He's a really big name. Like, mm-hmm. he's super important. Can we get him? It's our first conference. And then like five minutes later, one of the members is like, oh, no problem. I'll just text him. 
Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? And it's like, we we're yeah. just 100 people, but already someone like that was in our network and just a text message away. Right. That's amazing. And yeah. as we grow, it's like, it just, it just gets stronger and stronger. Right. No, that, I mean, that's a great point because when Ron and I started the podcast, we weren't thinking about building a community, but more and more, we're starting to see the same people reach out, you know, come to co conferences and events, you know, just to meet us. We're seeing them more and more, and it feels like we are building a community. And what advice would you have to folks out there that are trying to like rally personas around them and build a community? Like, what is like the main thing that you would want to convey to those people? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think there are two things that come to mind uh, right off the bat. The first is not being afraid to start small. Uh, I think oftentimes when people think about starting a community, they're like, okay, I need to, get, how do I get to 100 people? This is a valid goal, right? But I think it can be so much easier just to start with, how do I find the next person who's interested? Yes. <laughs> just one, right? Yeah. And if I can make it valuable and useful for them, then I can, okay, then they can add somebody, right? We can grow organically. Mm -hmm. uh, and it lets you figure out things along the way. Uh, and I think the other thing that I w maybe wasn't super intentional on at first with DevColor, but sort of did um, out of happenstance, but turned out to be really good, is really trying to define what you're about um, and what it means to be a part of the group. Mm -hmm. um, for DevColor, it's very clear from the beginning that, you're, that everyone who's in the group is there to both help other people and get help from other people. Right. And we thought, I and the early members thought that was really important to create a community where you can reach out to anyone for help. And you mm -hmm. also see that everyone in the group is constantly asking for help. There's no one who's just a mentor or just a right. mentee. Everyone's expected to do both. Right. And it seems simple, but that was sort of our defining characteristic and we did not bend on it. We mm -hmm. rejected amazing engineers, who wanted to come to the organization and just help people. But when we asked them about what their goals were, they'd be like, no, 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 I'm fine. Don't talk to me about my goals. I'm just trying to help other people. And we're right. like, Dev color is not the place for you. Wow. And it's a little counterintuitive, but by being that strict and having like holding a really high ideal, it meant that the people who did come in were in and they right. realized that they were part of something special but that wasn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right, that they would make it was something special about them, the way they approached their career and their life that made them part of this group, and that made the group super tight knit. Uh, and it was okay that there were people outside the group. Right, and color really would have fallen apart if it tried to be a group for everyone, if mm -hmm. there was no clear defining characteristic. That's a that's a really good point, and I think that sometimes we try to create like communities that are like a catch all, like just right. come here and kind of connect. Yep. So what kind of people do you think are, or what kind of engineers or people do you think would uh, be the best fit for DevColor? Yeah, so it's, it, it's another really good question. It's funny because a lot of times people will be like, oh yeah, do I have to be, you know, super senior or do I have to be, you know, read up on the latest and greatest machine learning techniques mm -hmm. and all these things. And it really comes down to the best members are the ones who have an idea of where they want to go in their own career and are willing to help other people. I, you know, it's funny. I probably shouldn't say that I have favorite members. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, but the people who are absolutely my favorites are the ones who are just constantly asking for help. 
Mm -hmm. there are people who call me basically once a month and they're like, look, Magnate, it's time for a call. Here's what I'm struggling with right now. Like, help me out. And you would think in a lot of groups, like that would be framed as annoying. But in dev color, it's like, oh no, those are the people who are making this work. Mm -hmm. Because the people who sort of sit to the side and never ask anyone for help and don't respond to anyone's requests for help, like they're not doing anything in the organization. They're not contributing to it. Right. But the people who are constantly putting themselves out there, and it may not even be saying, hey, I'm struggling. Can you help me do X, Y, Z? It's also totally valid and helpful for people just to come out and say, here's my goal. I don't even know how to get there. I don't know where to start. Right. Like, please help. Yeah. And in DevColor, when you do that, it's like five people within like two days will be around you being like, okay, he's going to help you create a plan. Great. Now she's going to help you prepare for that interview. Okay. Now he's going to help you negotiate. Um, like people come out the woodwork and like, that's what everyone is there for. Right. right? And yeah, it just, it sucks when people don't ask for help because then it doesn't create the opportunity for other people to be engaged and, and help you. Right. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. Uh, you don't have to unveil too much if you're not ready to, but I'd love to hear what your future plans are for, for DevColor. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, it's always a good question. The, one of the challenges has always been that there's so much that we can do. Right. And this is, you know, what I, when you're, when you're at a for-profit company, there's a lot you can do, but you tend to do the thing that will make you money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's not the easiest thing, but as long as you're making money, you're fine. In the nonprofit world, it can be a really big challenge um, because there's no, there's no clear, should we do X or Y when they're both helping people? Um, you have to be really thoughtful about um, what will help the most. So I think there are two things. DevColor right now is really good at, I think, working with engineers who are, let's say, at some sort of midpoint in their career. So probably the organization works best between two and three years on the low end, um, maybe like 15 years on the higher end. There's certainly people outside of that and they get a lot from it. But I think that's like really where it like knocks it out of the park. Mm -hmm. So... The organization is currently thinking about how to get better at, at sort of that 15 to 30 range uh, where you might be an executive already and you need slightly different programming mm -hmm. and also uh, how to get better on the junior end as well, where it's a little bit more structured and clear what you need to do and less free form than the middle of your career. Right. Right. Interesting. So what, how would someone get started in finding a, community like DevColor? I'm sure after listening to this, they would have an idea for yours, but mm -hmm. what are some things that you found before you had DevColor that uh, you subscribed to? How did you find these types of communities? Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> it's a tricky one. I mean, I, I honestly yeah. didn't have anything like DevColor, which is why uh, <laughs> yeah. I needed to start it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, luckily for me, there were a lot of, you know, social groups on meetups, on meetup and things like that, which were helpful uh, as a black man moving to the Bay Area. Um, you know, I was in a decent number of those and sort of found my crew and found my circle. Luckily for me as well, uh, there were a lot of people from, that I went to college with that were in the Bay Area, so it's such a big hub. Oh. But yeah, if you, it, it, it can be tricky. I think, you know, it can be, if you can find a group that you really fit in with at work that's great otherwise just being comfortable and 
knowing, okay, I might need to find my group outside of work and on the personal side, maybe it's like dev color, which is outside of work. And then sort of, I mean, this may be a controversial thing, but learning to be okay with being the only at your work, at your workplace or on your team, you know, it's for better or worse, it's a reality right now, especially as a black engineer or Latinx engineer. And a lot of companies, you might be the only, especially if you're in Silicon Valley or, or some major, major cities, but really finding your support network outside of work so it can make it easier for you to get through that experience at work. And, you know, there are lots of entities and organizations, you know, trying to work on changing those numbers at every uh, stage. But, you know, until then, finding your support outside of work. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I want to talk a little bit about, this is a little bit of a, an aside, but sometimes people say it about dev color, which is, hey, you all are working with engineers who are in the industry already. Like, aren't those people the most privileged? Like, they've made it. Like, why not spend mm-hmm. your time and effort and dollars on earlier parts of the funnel? And this is something I completely glossed over when uh, talking about my background. But it's not usually clear to people, but I am the result of a sort of unbroken string of programs designed to work with the best to some extent. Right. Like the kids who have, quote, already made it at whatever stage and are at the top, right. uh, but need to get better. And those mm-hmm. programs all target it at underrepresented minorities. Mm-hmm. Like when I say unbroken streak, I don't mean like from like college. Like I mean from like elementary school. Like I was in programs every summer wh- that were designed to keep black kids in STEM. Uh, right. Every summer in elementary school every summer in middle school. When I got to high school, I started going to programs that colleges ran to get more black kids into STEM and into their university. Mm-hmm. I like did one after my freshman year in, college, in high school at University of Kentucky. Um, just before my senior year in high school, I did a program that's designed to get black and Latinx students into MIT. Even though that program is extremely hard to get into and take some of the best high schoolers in the country. I needed that to realize that I could go to MIT right. and didn't have to stay and go to school in Kentucky. Mm. Right. Even though someone might look at me and say, Hey, he's already going to the best high school in Kentucky. Like he doesn't need any more support. Right. Yeah. Right. After my freshman year in college, the first internship I got was a Microsoft early identification program <laughs> for underrepresented minorities, which again, I wouldn't have known that I could get a job at Microsoft if it wasn't for that right. program looking out for me. Wow. Yes. I got my first internship at Apple at the Nesby conference. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so again, you might say, this kid's made it. He's at MIT. He's all good. Right? But I still needed at every step one of these programs to push me to the next level and make me realize that I could do it. Yeah. Right. So it's the same thing when you get into the industry, a lot of dev color members are working at Google or working at Facebook or working at these top companies or not working there yet. and need that push to say, Hey, like you're in the industry, you're in Silicon Valley. You need to realize that you can be earning a lot of money and you can be getting promoted faster than you are right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be a 20 year path for you to get to VP. You can do this in, 10 years. You can do this. Right. Let's go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So exactly. I think a lot of people overlook what it takes to create uh, a super senior engineer from early on. And it takes focusing on some of the people who are already crushing it 
and making them realize that there's even higher levels that they can go to. Right. Wow. That's outstanding. I, I didn't realize your story was that amazing. I mean, I knew your story was amazing, but that, that just puts the, the icing on the cake. Uh, Mackenzie, I, I really appreciate you being on the show from the bottom of our hearts, you know, Absolutely. you know, just taking the time out of your busy schedule, just to sit and, and speak with us. But for those that want to follow your journey and follow the journey of, of Dev Color and the, and the community that you've built, what are some ways that people can stay in touch with you and stay up to date uh, on the things that you have going on? Absolutely. So I think for Dev Color, our Twitter handle is at devcolororg. It's a great way to yeah keep up to date on what's going on. And for me, at Mackinday, it's at M-A-K-I-N-D-E uh, on Twitter as well. It's a decent way to stay in touch. Nice. Fantastic. Yes, it was a pleasure. And thanks again. And we'll see you all on the next one. Awesome. Thanks, guys.